Identification as body. So here's conscious contact. Yes? And conscious contact is, in, is, is having contact with appearances. So conscious contact, this is an appearance. Body. Yeah. Conscious contact is here. Body mental process brain here yeah. Yeah. so seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching yeah. conscious consciousness yeah. seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching Conditioned mind identified as this, yes? Claims becomes owner of seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. So, in a sense, conscious contact here, identification with brain and body. Now I'm in, I'm seeing. I'm as this, I'm seeing. I'm as this, I'm feeling. I'm as this is thinking. I'm as this is hearing. So, when I am conscious of that, I become unconscious as of this, yes? When I sense I'm conscious as this, I'm unconscious of that. So, consciousness, I'm conscious. I'm seeing, I'm hearing, I'm feeling, I'm tasting, I'm touching. So, 
every moment. So, conscious contact. Yes? Paul, I'm conscious contact. Now seeing is looking. Seeing is now I'm looking. So, in, in fact, what I'm in, I am looking for is what's seeing. But I can't recognize that as what's looking. I'll be looking, 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 but I can't see, I can't see the seeing because it's in the looking. Yeah. So when I entertain, I'm not what's looking. as this and as this you are like a, a, game, a game piece on a game board the game piece can never leave the game board it's, it's 
existence is determined by the game board. One of the events of the game board is when the game piece wants to transcend the game board. It starts seeking to escape the game board. But a game piece cannot escape the game board. So the point is, is to entertain I'm not a game piece. And that would be the escape from the game board without leaving anything. The escape is not leaving. The brain of the game board, the game piece, wants to get out. Every move, every move of seeking, run around the game board with the hopes of, you know, a get out of free jail card or something. Get to do do do, but everything here is part and parcel of the game board. So in a sense, when you realize I'm not this, that's, that lets this be everything it is, which is seen as not you. When you're trying to get out of it, yeah, you're, you're giving it its reality. The engine of the game board is wanting to get off the game board. <laughs> so every attempt to get off, every attempt to leave the squares of the game board is another square of the game board. As this. Wherever this as you goes is the game board. The news is you're not leaving. <laughs> there is no escape. Hallelujah. <laughs> drops, yes, drops. Truly stops. That little wiggly, that little squirreliness, that little squirming and... But, 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 but. There's a dismissal of that because it's seen as not you. And that being in here is out of here. Being in here is actually out of here. Trying to get out of here is being in here. It's like when you feel you're walking forward, in a sense, you're walking backwards. <laughs> Every end of the game board is the beginning of the game board. <laughs> I'm going to get off 
I just paid, I paid $20,000 for this retreat to get me off this game board. I want to be there when it gets good.
Sebastian's done already. All right. <laughs> Johnny is already cooked too. No, no. <laughs> This invitation is not a drawn out event. Actually, the invitation usually, there's a sense when you hear it, if you haven't heard it before, it's like an unspoken yes, yeah? Sometimes. Something hits you. You weren't, didn't know what was going on, but then you hear this invitation and it registers, aha! That's the whole message. But what usually happens is that aha immediately is thought about. Yes? And that's the reason for repetition, because you have to undo the thinking about it. <laughs> Aha, yes, a sense somewhere, some you know, some hit. And then what occurs is the system applies its methodology to it. In its it's in its incessant claiming of anything yeah, that's brought about by conscious contact. So now there's been conscious contact, and consciousness may have gotten a little bit of a tickle of its original face, so to speak, not of form, yeah? then this modality arises and claims it. And now, once it claims it, it believes it can apply its method to it. So now it starts thinking about it. That's how it claims it. That's how it knows something. The knowing has already been hit, yeah? The aha is all there is. That's it. Boom. But then the mind, conditioned mind, thinks about it, and it's like, think, while, when it's thinking about it, it's dismissing it, it's neutering the message. Yeah? So, as soon as, it's as if the baby is born, and then the, what claims to be the parent of it, kills it. You can't kill it, but that's basically what happens. The message is given, but what goes home with the baby... <laughs> is the head, and the head thinks about it, yeah, and in the thinking about it, basically kills it. And then what occurs is you come back to another meaning, and then hopefully there's a sense of that again, but now it's almost more like a memory. A lot of the aha has been neutered or frozen, but there's a memory. So there's still that possibility flickering, so you keep coming back, and then this becomes another freaking path. Another path on the game board. Yeah? Now you're running around doing the same, same, but it has a different, maybe it has a, a, a more noble meaning to your head. It seems like it's very profound because it's about truth and stuff. But the same format has claimed it. It's now like one of the cards of the game board. Yeah? Non-duality. 
And now the gain piece is entertaining non-duality as a gain piece. It's like, there's, let's say there's, um, I don't know if you know Sufism, Sufism? They, have, they had an old way of describing the basic personalities or characteristics of every human. And they called it the Enneagram. Yeah? So the Enneagram was a way of every person that's appearing here. Because in a sense, you're like a Peugeot or a Ford yeah? or a Chevy. We've all been built a certain way, yes, from a certain factory at a certain time, and we drive like a Ford. We smell like a Ford, yeah, we turn like a Ford, and yet we have an idea that we're a special Ford, you know what I mean? Paul Ford. <laughs> but in fact, we, we have an, an innate ability to block out any, any invitation of clarity. As soon as we claim it, it becomes unclear to us. So here you are at a big retreat where people now are studying the Enneagram. And the Enneagram says, all right, Steve is a seven. So his qualities are, he doesn't like confrontation, he travels a lot and everything. And all these spiritual adepts are at this thing. And now when they leave, they go, they go I'm a seven. The whole point of the information is, I'm not a seven. Yeah? It's trying to describe what's appearing as you, so that you can say, because it's not unique, so that you can get the, the, uh, the, uh, the ordinariness of what you're calling so special, so you go, oh, thank you for all the information, I'm not a seven, but the mind immediately goes, I'm a seven, and then you try, are you a seven? Are you a sexual eight? I think sexual eights really have a good time with a seven, whatever. And it goes on and on and on and on and on. Then we have retreats. How, in a sense, truly, this is an opinion, but how can you have a long retreat about Advaita? It's a simple invitation. You can't meditate on it. It's a recognition. Boom. Okay, maybe we'll hang out and, and we can describe what we're not. And that's the whole point, I feel, is, is if is describing what you're not, so that maybe when you hear it, you'll realize, I'm not that. Yeah? And in that moment of seeing, what you were seeing from for a long time, that's the verb of seeing. The true nature of what you are has just demonstrated itself once again. It's been verbing so much, but you don't sense it. Because it's always verbing. There's always consciousness flooding through, meeting this place. We don't see the verbing of it, because we believe we're the noun that's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. And an identification as the noun, a noun cannot understand truly a verb. Yeah? Because a noun is fixed, it's, it's solid, it's, it's like secure. Verbs aren't. Yeah? Verbs are movement, movement, movement. This consciousness is moving so much, in a sense, it's still. Yeah? It's that still silence, but its movement here is constantly, all the time, verbing, so in a way it's still, yeah? because it's always verbing. But we don't recognize it, because we, the, the mind interprets it as I'm seeing, I'm hearing, I'm feeling. And maybe that wouldn't be enough to, to confuse the mind, but then it starts having tons of opinions of what it saw. Tons of them. It starts either and or, yes or no, this couldn't be this way, or maybe it will be, on and on, and then there's selfing galore. And in that selfing, it binds.
binds you to the idea of being this. And if you are this, the best thing you can do is try to know that as this. And that's not knowing it. That's studying it. You can't know that as this. So the noun wants to get the verb. So it wants to know the verb. As soon as it applies its way of knowing, it's not a verb anymore. Now it's called the truth or enlightenment. It becomes an object to you as the subject. It, it, we miss the whole boat. This is not of time. It's prior to time. You can't see it by looking because looking is time-based. You miss it. Every time you put your attention on it, that ain't it. It's truly no escape. And then suddenly you've left the mental realm of impossible possibilities, of thinking about how it could have been different in the past, and speculating how terrible it may be in the future for you. And all that interest and attention that's following thousands of thoughts about this and that and feelings gets brought back to here. And here, because you have the, re you have the ability of being conscious, you can be conscious of what's here. And you're available to it. And that's the sense of presence. Presence is very well defined. It's not wasn'ts, you know, and it's not going to be willings. It's present. And when the mind is disengaged as you, you will lose interest in it. And when you lose interest in it, you will lose interest in time. And all that intention and interest that's been auctioned off and put into time yeah, is brought back to here. And then there's the natural seeing, so you see what's obvious. Blue becomes blue, and red's red, and green's green. Not much confusion. But the game piece has a pair of glasses on. It thinks it's its eyes. And these glasses are distorting its vision. So it tries to get new ways of looking to correct those distortions. So you go to Buddhism, and then you go this, and then that, now maybe at Vita. And all you're trying to do is correct a pair of glasses, because you're never entertained, you can take them off. So we're trying to look for the new, improved way of looking, to sort of turbocharge the old way of looking, until like, we get to such a good way of looking, <laughs> we'll finally see. No, you won't. You'll still be looking. You will be looking. When... You recognize, hey, this may not be me. You take off the glasses. That's seeing. Yeah. Worth 800 pages of scriptures. Really. Doom. Because it doesn't impress this. Who cares about this? It impresses what's seeing this. Yeah. It doesn't even impress that. What happens is this is disengaged and not emphasized, and then there's a sense of that. That's that. And when your head says you've forgotten it, that's not it. It's not, you're not beholden to that statement. Every time the head wants to put a flag in the river of the verb and say, Paul has forgotten, it's
it's all baloney. Everything that appears is going to disappear. It's not that. Yeah? And then there's a sense. And just like you believe, you don't really say, I'm thinking every thought now, do you? But there's a sense that you're the thinker. You don't sense that every thought is about you. But yeah, I mean, you don't think that, but you feel that. Well, then you'll have a sense that I'm not that. You don't have to go, I'm not that every moment something's arising. There's a sense that I'm not that then your attention rests here in that knowledge instead of here in this. We used to put it, some reminded me of user another analogy. Let's say there's undifferentiated light. Yeah? An undifferentiated light comes through the mind. And the mind, someone was talking about perception last night, but actually everything is mental projection, and then you perceive it as if it's solid and real outside, but it's not. It's a projection of mind. So here's, let's say there's a camera tripod, and it's a mobile tripod. Yeah? And there's the camera. And the camera has all this film in it of a story of a life as a, as a game piece. Yeah? It's all in these reels, ready to go, but nothing's happening. Then the light comes in and goes into that camera, the body, and now that light projects a story of you. Yes? First this, and then the world that this is appearing in. And then events occur to this action figure. But at every event, prior to the event, there was the consciousness of it. And at any moment, no matter how important you think tomorrow is, if the light is dismissed from that camera, bye-bye. End of story. Yeah. You can go to the body. Did I share about Uncle Fred last night? To the meeting or before? Oh. When I was nine, my Uncle Fred died. I really liked Uncle Fred. Because yeah. he gave me money. So my mother took me to the funeral, and there was an a empty cask, uh, open casket, and my uncle Fred was laying there. And it, she brought me up. And when I looked into the casket, I had a very strong hit. That ain't Uncle Fred. The body was there, but there was something obvious about the body that Fred wasn't there. And then I real. In hindsight, later on, I realized why I saw Uncle Fred as the body. I was seeing this as the body, yeah. me as the body. But if you took an eye out of Uncle Fred's head and put it into a live body, that eye would see. But now it wasn't seen. If you would have taken the ear out of his head and put it in a live body, that ear would hear again. Yeah. Uncle Fred as a body had never seen ever never heard ever, never felt, tasted, or touched ever. Yeah? Nor did the brain. It was the consciousness that enlivened it, that was living. And it's like, that's why they call it the open secret and the gateless gate. It's right as we're living, thinking we don't have it. It's, that's, it's demonstrating its verb. Consciousness is streaming out, seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, more than aware. 
Where is it? Where is it? It's demonstrating itself right underneath our nose. But because we claimed it, the mind, and said, I'm seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, that's the end of the investigation. Let's move on to the next. I want to see something different. I want to hear something different. I want to feel something different. So there's all the movements of moving towards what you want and moving away from what you want, but now there's no feeling of the seeing of it or the hearing of it or the feeling of it yet. Like Buddha said, when you see, see, and when you hear, hear, when you feel, feel, when you taste, taste, when you touch, touch. But that's not what most people are living. They're living an interpretation of seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. The initial one is, I'm seeing that. The subjectivity is forgotten, and now you become the subject. And as soon as you're the subject, everything becomes an object, even the subjectivity. So you present all there is that at all times as if it's an object to you. And then it's up to you if you practice it or not, or entertain it or not. being perceived and seen be what you are. We haven't gone far enough. We've stopped as this, as the Alpha and the Omega. Yeah? But one more step back, and then you'll see this. Instead of seeing from it all day, you'll see it. And it will shout out at you, I'm not that. constant reminder, because it's constantly going to be perceived as long as you're alive. Yeah? It's the perfect teaching, because it reminds you every moment, I'm not that. Yeah? When the thoughts go into what's not happening, you see them as what's not happening. What more do you need to do? Simple recognition. Why would I want to go to a therapist to get help with what's not happening? I just want to see that it's not happening. Quit, right? And if that hits you, what are you going to do next? <laughs> really? Well, let's go to what? No? It's like that thing we were talking about Austin Powers last night. You ever see that movie, uh, Austin Powers, when he has mini-me? I mean, has the little this little band of cohorts and his son is at the table and his son wants to say something to Dr. Evil and as soon as his son tries to say something Dr. Evil goes Sit. and his son goes what? 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 it's like that prior it's prior oh. the son's ready oh no oh <laughs> and he goes oh no zip it good the urge of mind of self thinkers let me be relevant write myself into the story. 
in recovery called playing God. And the whole point of recovery is to quit playing God. Really. It's the how and why of the whole program of recovery. It says it in the book. Quit playing God because it doesn't work. What the hell is playing God? Check it out. When you wake up in the morning, does your head tell you how the day is going to be? It's constantly telling you how you are, isn't it? It's telling you how you're going to be, how you were. It's forecasting your whole life. Why get up? No, fuck it. I know it's going to be terrible. And I'm so sure of it, I don't care if it isn't, I'm still going to interpret it as being terrible. A miracle can happen to me, I'll forget it in an hour. But that guy who bothered me 30 years ago is constantly in my mind. You have a bad, good day, how long does it last for you before your head says, you're going to find out I'm a fraud. Or you start getting uneasy. Don't you get uneasy when it's really good? Have you ever had to sit in front of unconditional love? It's almost unbearable to the conditioned head. Because you have so many beliefs and ideas that you're not worth shit. When someone's loving you, it flips you out. I'd rather, I'd rather get shot by the cops than have to sit and someone love me unconditionally. It's unbearable. Really, it's worse. What we used to call the edge is nothing. The edge is going to a job appointment and, and, and having someone love you, unco- you know, unconditionally. So you just, the mind just goes crazy. Because all of it's framing, yeah? The love is just opening the frame up and it's unbearable to it. Then if you're the same mind, when you're having a bad day, what does it say? It's going to last forever. You're entering a, a deep depression. <laughs> One little thing goes, one thought can ruin a whole vacation. <laughs> Everything's going well, but the, you know, you're at you're at work every day, all you think about is Hawaii. Then you go to Hawaii, all you think about is work. <laughs> you see people go away, that's why they have to take so many pictures. Because they have a strong sense they weren't even there. But they want to prove to everyone else they were there. I was in Hawaii, I know it. Look at these pictures. Okay, okay, you were in Hawaii. But in fact, they weren't in Hawaii. They were in work in their little mental realm. The mind provides you something other than here and now. It provides you there and then. Yeah. And there and then, the mind's product, selfing, can is the star. Yeah. There is no God in there and then. All you're left with is you. And it's amazing people are so adamant of having free will but they don't exhibit any free will usually now they always feel like they're the victim but in time they exhibit a lot of free will they're saying I should have done that if I would have done this they, they will not just recognize that if something was supposed to happen it did and if it didn't happen it wasn't supposed to end of story it, they, the, but in the mental realm it's like I can go back there have you ever known you've been to hell mental hell Occasionally? Yeah. Did you see one door? If only? That's a very good one to go in. Oh, I should have is really good. What if? So you go into the past mental realm and you go, what if I didn't get hit by the car? My whole life would be probably be a basketball player right now. Probably be a star. You know? I probably have a really nice wife and four kids. I live in a nice place in America. But unfortunately, you can't... I have a... I got run over by a car. Oh, I just sort of forgot that little fact, you know. 
Or what if I was a woman? I'd have three kids by now. I would have had the pleasure of giving birth. But I'm not a woman. Yeah. The mind has no concern with facts. It just goes into a mental realm and tries and it exerts tons of free will. But here you act like a victim. We're willing to give our authority to every Tom, Dick, and Harry. Please, please, be my savior. But when they, they, they're bent, a savior's meant to fail us. Yeah? It's like they say in Zen, if you see the Buddha on the street, shoot him. If you see the Buddha on the street, shoot him. Because you're throwing your own Buddha nature onto them. So that you don't sense it. And it's lovely how everyone loves dead masters. It's very safe to have a dead master. <laughs> you can have any idea of what you want of them. Yeah. just an inviter. I'm supposed to be obsolete. Hopefully very fast. This is like the worst career choice you could ever make. I'm supposed to be obsolete. My success rate is when no one shows up, which I'm doing rather well on this trip. Really. When there's a sense that there's no need for anything, I've done a damn good invitation. But if you start when are you going to put out the book? When are you going to do this? It's all the same, 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 same. Mine, mine, mine. But I don't feel it. I don't feel it. Whatever that it is. I'm not feeling the presence. I'm not sensing how I thought it would be like. But at that moment, what's seeing those thoughts? That you're not feeling it. And then with the day you feel it, what sees those thoughts? That doesn't change. All the yes and no, all the close and far, all the movement in dualism and duality is seen by one steady fact, consciousness. Yeah? Consciousness. Most of us believe we can be unconscious and conscious, but when there's the recognition of all there is is consciousness, you see through those appearances. There is no being unconscious and there's no being superconscious. All there is is consciousness. It says that what's looking is what you're looking for. It doesn't say what's looking when you're at a retreat is what you're looking for. It's what's looking. At any moment of what's looking, that's it. Well, where do I come in on all this? Exactly. You have no relevance whatsoever to it. Oh, I don't think I'm going to pay much attention to that. I want to be there when it gets really good. Well, that's why it sucks. You're waiting, you're waiting for yourself to be able to go there to get when it gets good. It's not happening. It's just a recognition of right now the immediacy of the event of consciousness. It's like verbing of every moment. It's like that old Zen thing where like, you know, I'm like a man standing by the river selling water crazy. We're talking about the ocean because we're sitting here as waves. We, can, we believe we can be dry when we're wet as hell. <laughs> We'd rather have a topic and a subject called wetness instead of really just sensing the wetness. I want to know the wetness and knowing the wetness by this is not sensing the wetness. Yeah? It's knowing everything about it but there's no sense of it. When, you're sense, when you sense the wetness for me, I lost the desire to know about it. Why would the ocean want to know about itself? It's being the ocean. 
when the ocean becomes identified as a wave, then it wants to know about the ocean. But all you need to do is see you're not a wave. That's the ocean. And then the ocean is going to intimate itself as it moves through here. You can't see it. You can't feel it. You can't taste it. It's not an object, but you can intimate it or sense it. And in that sensing it, in that sensing it is that... That sensing translates into, I'm not that. Whatever arises, I'm not. And it's, I'm not that, and that's that. Any questions tonight? I don't want to get fired up. You don't want to see me fired up. Coming down. Here. If you go like this and get ready for a talk, you already missed the whole talk. It's prior to that. It's way prior to us even sitting down. If you, that's you missed it. It's you getting ready. You getting ready can never receive it. Never receive it. It's like they say in the Bible. It's like a thief in the night it comes in the back door. When you're least expecting it, you notice its presence because you were maybe walking around the house and you had no idea the thief's in there. Then you see something's missing, yes? Like your opinions and ideas about things. <laughs> and something starts happening and you start getting economized and pared down and you don't have a wealth of information. You just know what to do next, yeah? You realize it isn't about acquiring and getting. It's about letting go, basically. Gravity was really heavy on my shoulder today. You know? 
I look at you and you say, there's a little a lot of gravity on your right shoulder there. Nobody in hell is talking about gravity. All around this place, and yet the body's constantly being pressed down by it. Yeah? It's always so, so there's no recognition of it. Because you're not having an experience of gravity. Yeah? Because you're in a state of gravity. Yeah? So, in a sense, this scene is always so. It's not an experience. You don't have an experience of seeing. You get a sense of it. You can't experience it because it's always so. There's no beginning or end to it. Yeah? It doesn't arise nor does it depart. That's why most people don't see it. They don't sense the scene because it's always so. It's like gravity. It's like, let's say someone put a hand on my shoulder when I was born. I wouldn't know it was there. I'd be walking around with this hand, and people were going, oh, look at that hand on your shoulder. What? What are you talking about? You know? But then one day it lifts, and I know it by its absence. The whole point of seeing is you know it by this absence. We are entertaining, in like a photograph, we're entertaining the positive and thinking the negative is nothing. I would say it's switched around. Nothing is all there is, and something is an appearance. But our minds are addicted to the something, and we're calling this real, and yet all this we call nothing. But nothing is real, and this is an appearance. So in a sense, the presence is this absence. And the absence is entertained as the presence not being you. Then it reveals itself as an absence. It's absent of any inherent identity. Yeah. Or in Buddhism, like they call it, emptiness. Everything is empty of an inherent existence. Exactly. So you see, I'm not that, and that's the scene. Maybe it will take you 800 times I'm not that. Maybe once. It matters how much mind is cherishing the object, yeah? It could be loosened like that, or it may be repeated. You come and hear and know, yeah. But the whole point is that seeing what you're not is the act of being what you are. When you're not, what you call the presence has become absent. And then the presence that you are is intimated, yeah? But it can't be intimated to you as the presence. You can you as a presence cannot be present to presence. It's it's your absence that's presence. There's no one who's present to it, yeah? There's no there's no one without a second, there's no none without a first. There's no way I'm present of the presence. It's the recognition that I'm absent, that's the presence. And that absence can be maintained by the recognition of what's ever rising, I'm not. Yeah. And then it doesn't turn the presence into a goal that you as the absence wants to get. It's seeing that you're absent of any intent or any drive or any effect. It's like I, when I move this chair, it doesn't show any effect that was ever in the space, only on other appearances. Yeah. 
I can only affect an appearance, as an appearance. Whatever I do hasn't left one imprint on what I am. Not one. The most heinous thing, I could have killed many, 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 many people. It wouldn't leave one scar on what I am. It only has an effect in the world of appearances. So, a causeless cause can seem to cause something in the appearances. But when you recognize I'm not that, you see its absence, and it has absence of all influence. Boom. And this, then, this travels light as the game piece. Yeah. You can't argue with all the moving. It's an action figure. Yeah. It's going to, like, box them, sock them thing. It's going to do things and have things and run around and like that. And then it's going to believe it has self-will and yapping like it could change everything and da-da-da. So what? There's constantly, all of those gymnastics is being seen by what you are. No matter how tricky the flip is, yeah, there would be no even appreciation or critique of it without the seeing. You can't go farther than seeing. There's no way else. Yeah. So why go any farther? How many more spiritual experiences do you need to acquire and consume? with the hopes that it's going to change the game piece so it can be another game piece in the no game piece. No game. It's not going to happen. That's, such, that's the great news. So much pressure comes off you. You can take a deep breath. I don't care how many massages you get when you identify this as self. You'll never get a relaxation of that when it's absent. It's a whole different level of relaxation. You can get massage every freaking day. I used to go to Thailand like four dollars for a two hour massage. I got massage every other day for months. I mean at four bucks. Two hours massage. Never close to this. When this dropping of the self as you is entertained because it doesn't occur, it's entertained, you're not that, there's a deep relaxation that comes over you. Because now you're like a kid. You don't have any you can't there's no there that you could be in when you're here. It just seems obvious here. So there's a, an immunity to all the mental realm of traveling from the past to the future and just shitting on the present, in a sense. Yeah? You're just here because you can't entertain being there. Because there's a clarity of it's not happening. say the mind goes home and thinks about it. But the seeing isn't where you think it is. It's seeing the mind going home and thinking about it. Yeah? The it that the mind's thinking about 
isn't it. The seeing of the mind, thinking about it, is it. Yeah? You can't get behind it. <laughs> There's no way you get behind the seeing. Let me think about that. The seeing. Seeing, seeing, seeing. It's only the conditioned mind that stops at the cheek. <laughs> How can this have that? <laughs> and if it can't have it, it'll just try to forget it. Because it definitely doesn't want to recognize it, is it? That would be the end of it. I don't know how to end meetings here in Spain. When I am home, I end home. It's very easy. I ask for questions, and I leave the window about 20 seconds, and that's it. <laughs> I go, any questions? No.
all of my old students who've been meditating for 25 years and stuff have been getting in touch with me and saying, nothing actually has changed. <laughs> 25 years of meditating, nothing actually radically has changed. See, anything that is done here and had here is tattooed with the modality of doing and having. And that tattoo overrides whatever meaning you think that thing is going to carry you to the other shore. That other shore is just like the shore you left. It just has hope as the wind behind its sail. And you're hoping that when I arrive there, it's going to be great. But it turns into the same shore you left. Then someone sells you the boat and you go in the other direction, hoping that... So every mechanism, feeling, are not facts, yeah. perception, thinking, imagining, creative visualization, all of them are in the box of self-centeredness. None of them take, in, take you out of it. Hasn't that been proved? How can, you, how can self get out of self? This is a contained system called self-centeredness. Every escape hatch doesn't lead anywhere. Obviously. Look at it. So the point is, what would happen if you looked at what's driving you to all of these attempts to know what you can't know, and maybe you're not that, that would be the true knowing. Yes? The true knowing would become very quick. Because it's not knowing as this, which is impossible, you would know that you're not. Immediately, uh, you access knowing. Because it's not done by doing and having. It's no thought or effort on your part. You're not, you have not thought it into relevance yet. You haven't felt it into being. None of the mechanisms are use, have no use to this. And it's sort of like, that's that. That's the knowing. The knowing is that none of this knowing works. for that task. But the habit of it, the doing and having, is very, very strong. So the self immediately, if it's presented a very message, a clear message that stops it in its tracks, it takes very little time to make it a path. is the greatest way to hide the truth because you're moving towards it. And then the story ensues how good you're doing or how bad you're doing in it. And then if you're doing really good it's basically based on you and if you're doing really bad it's based on you. That to me is playing God. You can meet the greatest master that you believe is the greatest master. Let's say you really love this one person and you meet him. And that person says, you need to do nothing then, you need to do nothing now, and you need to do nothing later. And you get the hit. Oh, the greatest authority has just told me it's okay to be this, really, basically, because I'm not. Yeah? Then you go home, and in about two or three hours, I bet you you're going to go back to this authority, and you're going to pull your pill out, but I'm going to meditate, and this and that. <coughs> the greatest of all authorities gets overridden by the real authority, your head. Jesus or whoever appeared here and said, bro, 
There's nothing you need to do in the past, now, or the future. And you'd be stunned. And you'd, uh, the Zen Bitslap would echo, you know, everywhere. You'd forget in a few hours. You'd be back seeking again. I don't think that was the real Jesus. I think, I think the real Jesus hasn't come yet. I didn't like that message. So now, no authority, an invitation. Yes. Humble invitation. You are that by describing what you're not. To me, you can't describe what you are, but you can describe what you're not. So here you are. My humble description of what I believe, what we're not. Let it resonate, see what happens. If you start traveling lighter, entertain it. If you're not, go to the next teacher. It's definitely probably going to be better than me. Then they'll fail you and you move to the next one. Well, on and on. Then you'll say, I'm not going to any masters anymore. And then you'll be going to your real master, you once again. And then you'll leave that and go. up from Johnny. Yeah, brother. All right.
Stay after class. Yeah.